I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. It's a COB for the 12th of August. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy, um, we're really in the thick of it, aren't we? Reporting season was in full effect today. We are. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the pinch. So, uh, <laughs> been a big hill to go and climb today and a lot of things to go and digest. But uh, like, the, uh, like the market, I think I'm a little bit flat now this afternoon. So go and uh, rest up and do it all again tomorrow. Yeah, the 200 was down by about uh, two-tenths of a percent to the XJO down by one tenth of a percent by the time it was all said and done. But I think it's worthwhile, you know, starting by talking about the banks because there was a real, you know, there was a real separation between CBA, which of course reported its full year results today, that 98% cent per share dividend and the other big banks. So Westpac up by about two, NAB up by about 2%, ANZ 1.6%. Uh, we were well prepared for some of the commentary coming from the CB- CEO, Matt Common. Uh, you know, we saw cash profit 7.3 billion, down 11.3% on FY19. But I thought it was interesting in his art- in his uh, sit-down chat with Kashi, he was saying, look, you know, at the very height of the initial lockdown back in March, you know, they actually thought things were going to be much worse than they have turned out to be so far, knock on wood. Yes, maybe uh, making a trip down to Canberra if it was uh, available to go and discuss uh, you know, things that uh, when took place during the other uh, GSC. But thankfully, it doesn't look like we had to go down that path. But uh, it was interesting to get some insight. I think everyone was thinking in the uh, middle of March that it's uh, something terrible is happening here. But uh, it seems for the time being that we've managed to avert a crisis. Uh, hopefully, it can remain that way. He says that uh, home loan deferrals have come down thanks to government stimulus, but uncertainty remains. I mean, you've got to think that uh, it will get worse before it gets better. It seems that way. And I uh, also found the, uh, the share price reaction today interesting across the, uh, all the big four banks. So as I mentioned, the, uh, the CBA finished down. All the others recorded really strong gains. And one thing I've noticed leading up to uh, the CBA's uh, update, uh, the results today, is that, uh, that the other three majors have been a bit of a high beta play on what the CBA does. So maybe the results that CBA went and put forward when it removed some of that safe haven bid that's benefited the CBA recently. And obviously it's outperformed the other major banks and maybe that money went and moved into some of the other majors. We'll, we'll find out anyway, because we're at the NAB later this week, they'll give a trading update on Friday. But it was interesting to go and see how the CBA went down where everything else is up quite substantial. Yeah, finished down by about four tenths of a percent on the CHIX 200. Okay, Seek was another company out. Clearly the labor market is being impacted. Dividend cut. Investors already knew that was coming. Uh, it was interesting. We spoke with uh, Andrew Bassett, who's the co-founder and CEO. He was still sticking by the philosophy that you need to invest in the company to secure the future. So, you know, is going to continue investing in the core, going to continue investing in systems and going to continue to take some of those risks. He says that, you know, you, you need to keep taking risks as a company, but um, not everybody was buying it. So I spoke with June Beilu from Tribeca and she just said that, 
you're not seeing enough of a return for some of that investment being made into the company. She's pretty bearish on the outlook for Seek. And it seems as if that's how the market in general read that report, even though it was well guided. Uh, the share price was down by 8.3% by the end of the day. You can listen to that interview with Andrew Bassett just via the show notes. Elsewhere, Scuddy, I mean, we could go on. We had Transurban. We had, uh, what else? We had um, a number of companies reporting. Computer Share was another one of Challenger, those. Financial? Uh, Challenger was yesterday. See, they're all starting to so there we go. It's, it's just melting into one. Oh, uh, but, you know, the overarching theme with reporting season, it comes down to the guidance. We had a good chat with uh, Malcolm Wood, who's the CIO at ELNC Value. He's pretty encouraged by the results so far this reporting season. What's your sense from the people we've been talking to, how it's going so far? Uh, mixed. I know it's, it's a cop-out, but it uh, doesn't seem to be uh, anything too spectacular, although it is really early days. I think we'll get a much better view and people have more clarity on what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, probably by the end of next week. But look, most results are still beaming on the bottom line. Uh, there has been some pranks, which uh, I know I've got to say is nice to see, considering that so often we see uh, I know all these companies continually beat. But uh, I think it was quite interesting. We were talking to uh, Con Michalakis from, uh, from Statewide Super, the chief investment officer there. And he was talking about that we're probably not going to go and get too much clarity about what's going on uh, in this reporting season. It's going to be the one follows uh, in early 2021 that will really give some insight as to how the economy is faring here and now. Uh, hopefully we'll get some, uh, some data that gives us some more clarity on that front. But uh, you do have to wonder, given how many temporary factors are at play, what you can actually go and take out as a particular you know, period. Mm-hmm. Um, another conversation that we're having with a lot of our guests, and I've been encouraging it because I think it's a really interesting one, is you know this sort of rotation that we're seeing to a certain extent from the mega caps into some of the more um, cyclical, some of the more value names out there. It's a trend that we saw through the overnight period last night. I know you've been keeping a very close eye on the US bond curve. So yeah, I think it's going to be a live conversation for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it was really interesting to see what happened last night. There's a lot of factors at play. Uh, you know, we saw Russia with a vaccine apparently to go and solve the, uh, the world's uh, COVID crisis. We also saw some pretty solid data out of the United States uh, on Friday from the non-farm payrolls report. Uh, there's also been some other anecdotal stuff we've seen to go and suggest that maybe things are starting to go and pick up in the US economy and elsewhere. Uh, and we saw the, the back end of the US curve move up quite dramatically last night. Still relatively low, we're talking like, you know, seven basis points or so, but from a relative perspective, that's a more than 10% increase in a day. And I was really instructed to see how quickly those uh, growth stocks, particularly the tech stocks, you know, came off when, uh, when that spike occurred. We saw what happened in gold, we saw what happened in silver as well, some pretty dramatic falls there, particularly silver. But uh, it just gives you that sense that if there's a sustained lift in bond yields, and we see that rotation into those cyclical areas, it could actually go and uh, you know, lead to some short-term weakness in broader markets because such is the size of those tech sector mm-hmm. now. If you start seeing some, some pretty big selling there, uh, it's going to be hard to go and offset with, uh, with buying in other areas. So one to watch, one day does not make a trend. No. But uh, it just gets like one of those little like, you know, tremors that you sometimes get in markets that say, hang on, things are a little bit uh, no stretched here. And uh, if something happens and if something sustains and something changes the narrative, then it could be really big. Yeah, I was chatted with Howard Silverblatt this morning from S&P Dow Jones Indices, and he was saying it was positioned to be saying goodbye to the shortest bear market in history. Uh, but he says the big tech names do need to come along. 
Um, they will likely do so, you know, look through some of the volatility. We will be hitting these record highs likely in these, um, you know, U.S. indices shortly, you know, in the coming days, weeks. But yeah, those big tech names do have to come to the party for that to happen. Hope you haven't rung the bell then, Adina. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, um, look, I should have done the stock of the day when we were talking reporting season and seek. But hey, you're still with us, so let's do that now. Stock of the day was Seek, down, as I mentioned, by 8%, reported its earnings today. We had a couple of guests in to speak with Koshi for the call. Let's hear what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial Group had to say about Seek. The outlook's softer than the market was expecting, but going forward, we think it's a, a very high-quality business. We think they're being quite conservative, given the forecasting issues that many companies are having at the moment. Yep. Um, and over time, it's conceivable the overseas operations will actually start to outweigh the domestic operations. At the moment, the revenue from overseas is more or less the same as it is from domestic, but the domestic yep. operations have got higher margins. But over time, as those overseas businesses mature, we think that will be a key driver for them. They own the largest or second largest job classified website in seven or eight different emerging markets, um, ranging from Mexico to Southeast Asia, yeah. all sorts of interesting places where obviously the populations are significantly larger than what we have in Australia. So our long-term thematic hasn't really changed for Seek. We still like it. We mm. wouldn't necessarily buy it today. We'll let this sort of wash out. But on further weakness, back around sort of 18 dollars, we'll be happy buyers of this. Was it tough for this period? Yes, um, it'll probably take two years for earnings to fully recover. Um, but you know, the, the value of a business is based on its, the entirety of its future cash flows. And they've got um, a very resilient business. They've got a very strong market position, an incredibly strong leadership. Um, it, it, the, the trouble I've always had with Seek, and this is one of these things that you sort of kick yourself with, you always look and go, oh, it's, what a great business, but it's a bit expensive. Yep. And even after today's <laughs> pullback, you're still what, close to about five times sales or something like that. Yeah. However, um, yeah, I, I'm with Michael. I'm in no rush to buy it at this, at this point in time. A bit more weakness than I'd be tempted to, but it would be very much going into that with a long-term view. So that was Andrew Page from strawman.com finishing off the thoughts there on Seek. So reporting season continues tomorrow. There is a whole host of big companies, AGL, AMP, Goodman Group, Evolution, QBE, Telstra, Treasury Wine, Woodside Petroleum. We'll also be speaking with Greg Chubb at 11.40 a.m. He is CEO of Charter Hall Retail, so that retail REIT drops its result. Will be really interesting. We were, had a good chat today, particularly asset valuations yeah. as well. Yeah, um, had a good chat today with Jason Ireland from McGraw Nickel just about um, you know this this. Uh, real balance of power that's going on right now between the landlords and the retailers. And he says, look, this still has a very long way to play out. Some of these deals are just being finalized now. And he sees the, the conversation continuing for quite some time. So that'll be an interesting one. Um, look, Scotty, we haven't sort of talked economy or economics. The data point today, I guess, speaks to that retail um, situation and that is the consumer confidence read. It was really disappointing. It was really disappointing, not just in Melbourne though, in New South Wales as well. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Australians are spooked. No, particularly in New South Wales and uh, Victoria. The, the fact that New South Wales, the centre there, actually fell more than in Victoria speaks volumes yeah. about what's going on. It's a really bearish uh, no sentiment towards what the outlook for unemployment, so that's not surprising given what we're looking at the moment. Uh, also, expectations when it comes to spending, the near-term outlook for the economy, all very, very dire. So it doesn't really give you a whole bunch of confidence, but of course, you know, the news flow can change and the, the tone can change very quickly. 
but certainly uh, one to go and keep an eye out on. Uh, we get some uh, retail sales and our data, uh, some indication for the preliminary data coming out, uh, I think it's next week from mm-hmm. the ABS. So that yeah. means you're going to keep an eye on. Uh, but clearly uh, there is some headwinds still. We're not uh, past the, uh, you know, the, the point where you can actually go and say the coast is clear. And uh, yeah, one to keep an eye on because uh, you know, sentiment is really back towards those lows that we saw you know, in, uh, in May. We get the jobless read tomorrow, the official one coming from the ABS. It's June though, it's backward looking, but nonetheless, it will take focus at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. We've got the jobless claims in the U.S. again Thursday night. We know that's coming, so we'll be discussing that with many of our guests tomorrow. And we kick it all off in the U.S. with Stan Stovall. He is Chief Investment Strategist at CFRA Research. I mentioned we'll have a few uh, company CEOs in there as well as Fraser McLeod to wrap the day from Shaw and Partners. So that's it for us today. The tweet of the day on the newsletter is in relation to the US election. We have Kamala Harris is the running mate with Joe Biden. Joe Biden will be 78 if and when he gets elected to the presidency. Uh, That means a lot of people are thinking that Kamala Harris will be in the running if uh, the next election comes around in 2024. But 83 days in counting, Scotty. From some, what I've seen, some of the things in Twitter as well, maybe a surrogate president. Uh, exactly. You don't know, but uh, obviously lots of things can go and change. But I uh, know there's lots of a uh, lot of debate on Twitter that I was reading today about uh, that particular pick for vice president. It's not overly surprising, though. She was the front runner from uh, from day dot, pretty much. So we'll see in uh, what 83 days time. Twitter always good for a little bit of a debate, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, so there's lots to discuss. We're still waiting for Congress to come together on some sort of an agreement when it comes to extending that fiscal stimulus in the U.S. and the legality of the executive order that Trump signed. There is never a dull moment. We better get our rest. Definitely, and I'll go and do it all again tomorrow. So uh, back bright and early, eight thirty. Look forward to it.